You're listening to WSLR 96.5 LPFM Sarasota and WBPV 100.1 LPFM Brainton. This is the Body Mind Health Show. Join us Sunday, January 14th at 7 p.m. as the incredible bluegrass duo Emery Lester and Mark Johnson perform for Fogartyville. They have toured all across the U.S. and have been featured on several performances, including with David Letterman. Emery Lester is one of the of this day's top players of the acoustic mandolin. The power and attack of his mandolin playing creates an infectious sound that is unmatched, and he is one of the foremost elite mandolists of our time. Mark Johnson hangs his hat in Florida, but learned his trade from Jay Unger in New York. Mark's unique style doesn't really fit into a strict category. It's very bluegrassy, but has overtones of traditional folk, progressive, acoustic, new grass, and old timely all mixed into one. A style he calls claw grass. Tickets are $18 in advance, $22 the day of the show. As always, food will be available from Chef Richard's Kumquat Kitchen. Don't miss this critically acclaimed duo, Take On Fogartyville. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Trust me, I'm a doctor. I love my friends' class. They got no standards, morals, art, ethics in the quest for bragging rights. We take a plane to a foreign country loaded with tools and a head of white light. Trust me, trust me. Again, you're listening to the Body Mind Health Show, and if you're on Facebook Live, you can watch it right there as well. I'm Dr. Sean Stringer, and I am your host with the most. Um, today's episode is going to be on thyroid health awareness, because this is Thyroid Health Awareness Month, and so I'm going to be discussing the thyroid today. Um, so what is the thyroid? The thyroid is a little gland that sits right underneath your Adam's apple. Yes, women, you have an Adam's apple. It's just not as protruded as men uh, do. But uh, it's a little butterfly-shaped organ that sits kind of almost in the notch where your breastbone meets your neck. And the function of the thyroid is essentially just to pretty much control your metabolism of your body. It has a plethora of... Um, of different types of functions, but that's just the main function is controlling your metabolism. Now, in the United States, it's estimated by the American Thyroid Association that there are 27 million people that have a thyroid condition and 13 million are undiagnosed. So that's a huge amount of the population. It's just about a tenth of the population of the United States actually has a thyroid condition. Women are five to eight times more likely to have a thyroid condition than a man. And it's estimated that 23% of the U.S. currently has a low 
acting thyroid or a low active thyroid, where 1.2% have an overactive thyroid. Now, there are different types of thyroid problems that occur, and they're the ones that are mainly known are hypothyroid or hyperthyroid, uh, also known as Graves' disease. That's when your thyroid is overactive and um, can cause various problems. Some of the symptoms associated with a hyperthyroid is excess sweating. So if you're sweating um, a whole lot or you just find yourself sweating at, for no reason at all because you're not really exerting yourself, um, excess hunger, you're always hungry. Could also mean you have a tapeworm, but uh, no, the excess hunger can also be because your metabolism's running so, so fast that you're always hungry. You, you have to just keep on giving your body more and more energy. Fatigue. Now, even though you would think that you have all this energy, oftentimes people with hyperthyroid find themselves fatigued uh, just because they're constantly running. Heat intolerance. So, uh, when you walk into a warmer uh, climate or a warmer situation, you're just it becomes so unbearable because you're so overheated, and that's where the excessive sweating might also come in. Restlessness. So you might find yourself being restless or fidgety. Irritable. That's another symptom that could be um, maybe just not from your spouse, just irritable in general because you're just not feeling well. Insomnia. Now, that could be from trouble getting asleep or even trouble staying asleep. So those could be symptoms uh, or signs of hyperthyroidism. Weight loss. Um, weight loss when you're not really trying to lose weight, but you can't put on weight because um, and you keep on losing weight because your metabolism is running so fast and you're just burning up your extra energy stores. And what some of us know from hyperthyroidism is the bugged eyes. So your eyes are almost look like they're protruding out of your head. Um, Gail Devers, the U.S. Uh, American um, uh, Olympian, she was one that has hyperthyroidism. If you ever looked at pictures of her, um, her eyes were bugging out a little bit more in her head. So we have hyperthyroidism is one of the one of the main kind of thyroid conditions which occur. But then the other type is also known as hypothyroid or an underactive thyroid. Now, there are about 94% of all hypothyroid um, cases are autoimmune. So it could be Hashimoto's thyroiditis or otherwise known as an autoimmune thyroiditis. So when I say this, is some a lot of people out there are taking thyroid medications for their thyroid, and it's because um, the doctors didn't properly diagnose them. Now, before I go too much uh, further into this, I have to say the station, its representatives, radio personalities, guests, and callers do not provide medical advice of any kind or nature or any kind of medical treatment or diagnosis. All medical or health-related information contained in the Body Mind Health Show is not intended to be a substitute for your physician or for professional medical advice or for professional medical advice and is being provided for general information purposes only. So I can tell you as an experienced physician that has seen hundreds and hundreds of cases of thyroid problems, a majority of hypothyroids are autoimmune 
and that's about 94%. used to be about 89, but it's climbed even more lately. And then about 4% of hypothyroids are true low thyroids. So they're, um, they're just underactive thyroids, just ones that aren't functioning the way they should. The other 2% could be due to a pituitary problem, could be due to a hypothalamus problem. Uh, adrenal problems can also affect the thyroid. And the reason I say pituitary, hypothalamus, and adrenal, uh, there's a complex a cycle that cur- occurs between these four organs called the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid adrenal complex. And any one of these and this cycle can affect the other. Other reasons why you might have a hypothyroid, uh, you might not have enough of what's called binding globulin. Now, Binding globulin are the proteins that carry the thyroid into the cell. Them as like really taxi cab drivers, taxi cabs to take the riders to uh, where they need to go. Then that could be a problem. You could also have decreased number of receptors or thyroid receptors, which could also be causing the problem. That if you don't have enough thyroid receptors on your cells for the thyroid hormone, then you're going to have uh, symptoms of a hypo or underactive thyroid. So based off of that, uh, what are some symptoms that somebody might experience with hypothyroid? One thing I forgot to say before with hyperthyroid is somebody could develop nodules, which can also happen in hypothyroid. So nodules on the thyroid usually occur. Now, I will tell you this as well, is before you become hypothyroid, you usually go through cycles of hyper and hypo. So you go ups and downs, ups and downs. These waxing and waning type symptoms that do occur with anybody um, in any kind of medical condition usually is indicative of an autoimmune disease. So getting back, symptoms of hypothyroid are nodules. So you could have developed nodules on your thyroid, and that tells you that you're you have you might be uh, hypothyroid fatigue again. It might be in hyper, but it also could be in hypo. You could be very cold sensitive. So even walking into a um, uh, 76, 80 degree room, you might be more sensitive to the cold and feel colder and shivering all the time. That could be due to a hypothyroid problem. Uh, constipation because you don't have enough. Um, um, uh, Gut motility or your, your intestines aren't moving enough. Constipation might be a symptom of hypothyroid. Dry skin. Constantly getting dry skin could be another one. Weight gain. So you can't lose weight or you're, you're constantly gaining weight. That could be another sign of a hypothyroid. I will tell you with a thyro, hypothyroid, it's usually the weight gain is all over the body, not in a specific site which is different than other weight gains. And I'll get into weight in a couple weeks because uh, it'll be a national uh, watch your weight week um, in two weeks. And so uh, I'm our healthy weight week. So I'm going to be talking about that in future episodes. But I just want to tell you that with a hypothyroid, you're going to see a weight gain all throughout the body. When it's adrenals, it's usually around the midsection, the torso. Um, brittle nails. So if you're, uh, if you constantly have brittle nails that are, are breaking, that could be a sign of a hypothyroid. 
thinning hair. So when your hair thins, but also the outer third of your eyebrows, if they start to get really thin in those areas, that's a good sign that you might have hypothyroidism. And brain fog, just not being able to uh, think, like you're always in that cloudy state of um, of, of being, like uh, you're, you just can't think of things and it just feels like uh, you're constantly in that fog in your head. That's a good indication of hypothyroidism. So what are some causes of hypothyroidism? Number one, I will say, probably has to do stress, especially some kind of psychological stress. Whenever these conditions occur, now we're looking at hyperthyroidism being 100% an autoimmune condition and hypothyroid, uh, hypothyroidism being about 94% autoimmune. Majority of these are because your immune system is actually attacking your own body. And most autoimmune conditions take about 10 years to develop. So when you first start seeing symptoms, that's you got to think about back maybe about 10 years and to see if there was any stressors that were in your life, a psychological issue that occurred, a major loss in, in, in your in your family or in job or or uh, something in your life that occurred in that time. Um, a loved one might have been lost during that time. Um, a pregnancy can often occur and cause autoimmune conditions, especially pregnancies in women. Um, what other stressors? Uh, just various stressors as relates to just how you deal with stress. Those things can occur, but just know that an autoimmune condition generally takes about 10 years, plus or minus two years, to develop. So if you have a lot of stress in your life, that might be one cause of your hyper or hypothyroid condition. Diet. Now, there are several things with diet that can cause this. Um, one, gluten. Gluten is a big uh, indicator. If you have a gluten sensitivity, it can cause, um, can be linked to thyroid conditions. Wheat, wheat, like myself, I'm not gluten sensitive. I am a wheat sensitive. So some of the symptoms that I get are autoimmune uh, as relates to wheat. I started developing asthma, had irritable bowel for two decades. Um, things like that can actually be due to a, a food sensitivity. So I actually, when I eat these, it's because I did a lot of damage to my insides when I was younger, like I drank two sodas a day, and I probably caused a leaky gut to occur. Not that I probably did. I did cause a leaky gut to occur in my body. In that leaky gut, what happens is you have these really tight junctions in your gut where uh, everything's together. And what happens is when there are so many stressors to your body, you get these openings that occur and it's called leaky gut. And now big food particles can move into your bloodstream and your body doesn't know what to do with these things. They're normally supposed to be broken down. And now these big food particles are now circulating in their body. And then you have an immune reaction. Your, your body goes into overdrive. It needs to protect you. doesn't know what this foreign invader is. And so it finds these things and it starts to form antibodies against it. Now, if these food particles lodge in some of your more common, uh, high or over, uh, more active 
organs, like say your thyroid or your brain, then you can develop conditions that are autoimmune to that because your body sees these particles in there and then starts just putting antibodies all over the area, marking the area for attack because it doesn't recognize this thing and it thinks it's a foreign invader. So that could be causing the stress, which causes your thyroid problem. Genetically modified foods. Now, these things are meant to eat holes in the insects of the pests that actually eat them and or, or rodents or whatnot. So we're just bigger and now we're consuming these genetically modified foods and these things are eating holes causing leaky gut, which causes these food sensitivities to occur. You know, it's been estimated that about, I believe it's 41% of the population could be um, celiac. Um, so celiac is an autoimmune condition uh, due to gluten and uh, uh, actually a certain protein in gluten. And, uh, and so um, 41% of the population could be that. It's estimated over 80% of the population can probably be gluten sensitive. Um, but 41% can actually develop celiac disease in that. Now, I want to tell you genetics in general are the bullets that load the gun. Uh, it's your lifestyle, the things that you do, like the things that you put in your mouth, the stress, how you handle these things. Those are what pull the trigger on your genetics. So just think if, if it's not just all genetics and all these things are predetermined. So I want to get, get that out there as well. Other causes of autoimmune diseases, I find this quite often, is mercury, um, lead, cadmium, lithium, aluminum. Those metals can be um, usually occur more and more that I've seen them. Cadmium, usually found in uh, cigarettes, in cigarette smoke. Um, that's where a lot of people are picking it up. Lithium, we have all these lithium-ion batteries. These things are leaking into the water system. Um, aluminum, aluminum is given in vaccine, <clears throat> is actually delivered in vaccinations. We drink things out of aluminum cans. You know, these things are just getting in there. Mercury found in vaccinations. Mercury is leaked into the water system. I can tell you from experience, I find mercury in 100% of my uh, patients causing problems. Other problems that can cause, uh, other things that can cause thyroid problems, radiation, Back in the 50s, they used to do, I think 40s and 50s, they actually used to do low doses of radiation to the skin for acting on the face, but they started developing thyroid problems. People started developing a lot of thyroid problems, so they discontinued that. But radiation, or exposure to a lot of radiation, a lot of, uh, if you fly a lot and you're getting constant um, exposure to x-rays, because you're up in the plane. They say doing a transcontinental flight is like getting a whole series of x-rays to your body every time you would take a transcontinental flight. So just know you're experiencing more radiation exposure every time you take a flight. Uh, chemical exposure. Now, there are hundreds of thousands of chemicals that are made these days that weren't around 100 years ago, and most of them haven't had any safety studies when it comes to health done on them. So a lot of these chemicals are actually causing autoimmune problems and then infections. Now, most commonly that I find with uh, thyroid are viral infections like hepatitis C, um, Epstein-Barr. There are also some bacterial agents that occur. Things like Lyme's disease can also, um, um, or the Lyme spirochetes, 
Those can cause thyroid conditions. I've seen that occur as well. And then uh, funguses also can cause thyroid conditions as well. Now, I want to tell you that if you're, when you were conceived, if your parent had an autoimmune condition, it's more likely that you will develop an autoimmune condition yourself if your lifestyle isn't in line with what you should be doing. Now, how can you tell if you have a problem? Um, really, blood tests, getting the proper blood test done is the number one way to determine if you have a thyroid problem. Now, a lot of you, your doctor said that you, um, you, you think you have a thyroid condition, but your doctor told you your lab tests are fine. I want to tell you there's a book out there. Uh, why do I still have thyroid system, symptoms when my lab tests are all normal? Lab tests are very broad, very, very broad. And I'm just going to take TSH, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. Now, that's a hormone released by your pituitary to tell your thyroid to make thyroid hormone. So normal levels of thyroid stimulating hormone are generally between 0.5 and 5.5, roughly. And those are considered normal labs. So if you have below a 0.5 TSH, you are hyperthyroid diagnosed. And if you're over 5.5, you're hypothyroid. Now, these ranges are based off of people that have actually been diagnosed with the condition, which makes no sense because lab tests should be, um, should be based off of people in normal ranges. And so the optimal range is roughly, can, can range, it depends on where, but right now I consider an optimal range somewhere between 0.8 and then 2.2, 2.0 as normal TSH levels. But just know that there's optimal levels where people are absolutely healthy and even those can change a little bit where some people might be outside those ranges. And then there's that gap in between that and the lab. That generally tells me when I see stuff in those areas, that I know something's going on or something's in the midst of, of, of occurring in the body. And then you have outside lab ranges where people have actually been diagnosed. Know that your lab tests are actually based off a bell, bell, a bell curve, and it's based off your population. So here in Sarasota, Florida, our lab tests actually pretty much switch twice a year. Once when the, the tourists come down, um, roughly about uh, November, December, and then again, right around April or May, they switch back because our population changes. So our lab test normals are different from Seattle, Washington, um, Chicago, Illinois. They're just different according to your geographic locations because your population is different. So just know that those vary. So blood tests that you should have uh, run a complete blood work on the thyroid, just not a TSH and a T3 and a T4 levels. I'm going to get into all the these right now, but you have TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. Again, it's released by your pituitary to tell your thyroid to start releasing more hormone. Uh, free T4. So this is the amount of T4 thyroid hormone. Your, when, your, when your thyroid is stimulated by the thyroid stimulating hormone, it tells your thyroid to start making hormone. It'll make 7% T3, which is the active, most used form of thyroid hormone, and then it'll make about 93% T4. So you have free T4, that's the T4 that's available to be used, and total T4, the total, total amount of T4 and, and whole that's to be used. Then you have free T3, so what's available to be used in total T3. 
um, you have reverse T3. So that when you've already used the T3, your body actually needs and makes what's called an isomer, a mirror image, and it makes this inactive, your T3 in inactive form until it needs it at a, at a later time. You have resin T3 uptake. Now this is the amount of T, this is like T3 receptors, how many are available, uh, for actually using T3 and being able to, uh, to use that. We have thyroid binding globulin. Now, like I said, these are the taxi cabs that carry the thyroid hormone to the cells and into the cells. So thyroid binding globulin. Um, the thyroglobulin antibodies. Now, these are some of the antibodies that we'll see elevated um, in one of these thyroid conditions, these autoimmune conditions, and thyroid peroxidase antibodies. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different thyroid tests that you should actually have if you really want to have a complete thyroid panel. A lot of doctors just don't order these. They don't know what they are for. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of endocrinologists that don't order these, and they should be ordering these because knowing that 94%, especially the antibodies, 94% of all people with hypothyroid are autoimmune. They should be ordering these tests because we got to see what's going on, not just give people levothyroxine or Synthroid for their thyroid. Now, many times when people have an overactive thyroid, they will use a chemical that tries to burn out the thyroid, so then they can put you on and regulate it with um, these thyroid medications. I think if we uh, remove the foreign invader or the thing that's actually stressing out and causing the autoimmune condition, the body will do itself and heal itself and self-regulate. I think that makes more sense when we're talking about treating the thyroid. And so, or they'll even just put you on medication, try to get you somewhat regulated, and then because you're artificially adding this in, your thyroid just won't be producing the amount of thyroid hormone it would, and then it slowly shuts down, and then you're just on thyroid medication. So you can get off these things. Um, I've helped many people get off these over the years, and it's just finding a good functional or integrative doctor that knows what they're doing to be able to recognize these problems and help you with it. So just again, know that these lab ranges are very broad. You have more optimal ranges and um, most docs just don't order the right lab test. Now there are two parts of your immune system I want to get over real quick. Um, two main parts of your immune system that will cause these problems and it's about keeping them in balance. You have the Th1 system um, and then the Th2 system. Think of it this way as Th1 and these are the T cells. These are the ones that kill on uh, site when they see a foreign invader. They're the ones that just go in and destroy on site. They have a license to kill. And then you have the Th2. Um, part of the immune system. And that's the part that are, that make the antibodies. They mark things, um, to go, uh, to be, uh, killed at a later date. So they kind of mark it, stick a flag in it and say, Hey, this needs to be taken care of. And, um, so you have these two parts of your immune system. And if something's wrong, like say, um, foods and you have that leaky gut, the foods go in, then the thyroid gets marked with a whole bunch of antibodies, which means your TH2 system is actually elevated, and now you have an autoimmune response because your TH2 system is overworking. Or 
if you have, say, a virus or infection, say Lyme's in that area, and the body knows it's something in there, and it's just going to start attacking, 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 the Th1 system's overactive, and that may be causing your um, your problem as well. So again, there are different ways of, of treating the thyroid, handling the thyroid. I, this is an education I normally give to people um, over an hour or two, um, but I was able to squeeze it into a half-hour show today. But again, uh, Dr. Datis Karazian's book, Why Do I Still Have Thyroid Symptoms When My Lab Tests Are Normal? It's a fantastic read. I suggest anybody who suspects they have thyroid problems to go ahead and read that book. Also, go to a doctor. Don't be afraid to go look for another doctor. If your doctor thinks uh, you don't have a problem, they're not ordering the right test, go find a physician that will order the right test. You are in charge of your health. You're a master of your own health. Take charge of your health. You know, your health is your only asset that you really need to take care of. It's the, you, this is the only body we have to live in. And this is something you really need to take care of. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, next week, I have a special guest, Stephanie Turconi from Genius in 21 Days. We're going to be talking about the brain and all the different memory techniques and things that you can do in order to improve your brain. So again, I'm Dr. Sean Stringer. You're listening to Trust, uh, you're listening to the Body Mind Health Show, also to be replayed later today on Trust Me, I'm a Doctor podcast. Um, again, this is 96.5 WSLR LPFM Sarasota and 100.1 LPFM Brainson. Until next week, folks, I'm out of here. Doctor? 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 Doctor, 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 doctor